If you want to support the show, visit the donate button at our website, thebittersweetlife.net. Additionally, if you're interested in sponsoring the program and reaching thousands of people all over the world, send us an email at bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at M-A-I-L dot com. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we go to goals, part two. (laughs) Our, Our discussion on goals continues. And if I sound a little different, that's because I'm recording this during my lunch break at work at Town Hall Seattle. So I'm in a big room that we call the green room. It's in the basement. Oftentimes you can hear people rolling stuff over the ceiling or like flushing the toilet or whatever. But if you've never been to Town Hall in Seattle for an event, I would recommend coming. It's pretty darn cool. And Tiffany might sound a little different because she's at her in-law's house uh, (laughs) today as she has been for, I don't know, at least the last couple. Forever. Episodes. (laughs) Forever. She basically (laughs) lives there now. Uh, So one of her goals might be to not live there in the future. Oh, that's a big goal. That is a big goal. (laughs) That's like the number one goal. But that is not a goal that you've accomplished yet. No, I'm in transition. Let's say I'm in transition. Right. So part of what we're talking about today is goals that we actually have accomplished. Because last episode, if you haven't listened to goals part one, you should. But last episode, we were trying to make it positive, And then it turned into all the goals that we didn't succeed at and never would succeed at. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) there's a little bit of a downer. Yeah, it was a little bit of a downer, although it got me thinking. So and in the meantime, since that episode, I found the list that we were referring to, which was my lifetime goals or dreams written in 1994. It says up in the corner in red. So I would have been a junior in high school. There's a lot of spelling mistakes on this, which (laughs) I could blame on being a junior in high school, but I still am a pretty bad speller. The thing that was the most delighting thing about finding this list again was that certain things are checked off. Even back then or you're checking them off now? Even them back then. This is the interesting thing. Three of them are checked in red. And the red is the same color as the 1994 in the corner. So I think that those were the things that were accomplished in 1994. Okay. Okay. There's miscellaneous black ones check marks which I think are things that I probably checked off when I rediscovered this list however many years ago sometime after meeting Jodie Foster because that one is checked off (laughs) (laughs) all right so you've done a little bit of uh, detective work to try to date these things yes but I thought it would be funny for you to hear the ones that I checked off because it's pretty ridiculous it also shows you that sometimes my goals or dreams back then were not very big hey well you know the goal doesn't have to be big to be something important to you. I mean, maybe they were really big because you're a junior in high school and some of these things you wouldn't have permission to do. Mm-hmm. So here we go. So here are the things that, the three things that are checked in red. Publish an article in a newspaper. That's a big thing. That's a good Especially one. Especially for a younger person. Yes. Get my belly button pierced. <laughs> you did that? <laughs> I didn't know you I did, did do that. that. You didn't know I did that? No. How could you not know I did that? I still have it. You've never seen it? Mm, that seems difficult. That seems impossible. It still has the original hardware. Wow. I got it pierced in 1994, and I haven't changed it 
It's like a relic now. How in the world did you get your belly button pierced when we were still in high school and you didn't tell me? Well, you were very conservative. Did you think I wouldn't approve because I was a bit of a prude back then? Yes. I was. I wouldn't say conservative. I was, I don't know. I don't even want to say goody two shoes either, but maybe a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that you were always thought I was such a wild child back then which I really wasn't that bad (laughs) well compared to you I was horrible yeah well (laughs) everyone was no all I know is that one time something happened with you and a mutual friend of ours and you kind of got in trouble with the theater where we were doing shows at the time and all I know is you said I'll never tell you what happened I can't tell you and I'll never tell you I just remember thinking what in the world did she do? You know, I thought it had to be so bad if she says she'll never tell me. I don't remember this at all. I wish I had told you. What did we do? It was you and Whitney. And we got in trouble at the theater? Yeah, you got in trouble at youth theater. Weird. I don't I have no idea what we did. <laughs> I think you missed a show. You missed a show or something. We missed I can't a show? Remember. I can't imagine us missing a show. That would be insane. I know, but it happened. I remember. I think it was the Ugly Duckling. Hmm. I wish I'd told you because now I have no idea. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> okay, well, here, here's the best one that I checked off. This one made me laugh out loud. Have abs of steel. Oh, <laughs> oh my Check. God, that's hilarious. Check. <laughs> hey, you checked it off. <laughs> I checked it off. <laughs> so you, were in, you had abs of steel and a belly button ring. You were smoking. Oh, brother. I never had abs of steel. <laughs> I just think that's so funny because that's, that's a very American 1990s reference. Yeah. Abs of steel was a video series back then. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> taught by some woman named Tammy, I think. I don't remember her last name, but I can still remember the routines because I literally did them every single day in the quest to get this. Why? Why have abs of steel? I certainly don't have them now. It's not like they stick around. And I don't really remember ever having them then. But I checked it off, so I have to believe myself. You know, but if you do have them, they're easier to get back when you lose them. Yes. If you try, you'd probably get them back like that in a second. Do like five sit-ups and already you have abs of steel again. That's how it works. Why would you want to spend time doing sit-ups all the time? Well, if you only had to do five. Oh, I only have to do five. Well, that that might be a slight exaggeration. Do you want to hear the other ones, though, that I checked off in black? Yeah, let's let's hear some more recent ones. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many, how recent these are. Okay, so, but here we go. Stop eating so much gum. Check. <laughs> you ate gum or you just chewed, well, chewed it? <laughs> and I spelled eating wrong, by the way. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that is really bad. Is learn how to spell on there? It should be. <laughs> I would know how to spell eating now. <laughs> I should hope so. Learn some magic. <laughs> Just some. Just, Just some. some magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to be a professional. And I did. I uh, briefly dated a magician and I learned some magic. Uh, visit South Dakota and Montana. That didn't seem very <laughs> lofty, considering I live in Washington State. But I did go to South Dakota and Montana. In fact, my sister lives in Montana. Two states I've never been in, okay? Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. So you should put this on your list. Write down, visit South Dakota and Montana. Well, maybe I'll put Montana. I don't know. I mean, no offense. South Dakota is not really on my bucket list at the moment. The Black Hills are really beautiful. Okay. You should check them out. All right. Visit every U.S. state is not checked off, but it's right below that. 
on my list. But I'm almost there now. I only have to get to New Mexico and Alaska. Wow. And then I'm done. Wow, that's a lot. But yes, let's go to other check marks. This one we referred to in the animals episode of our podcast, be in a shark cage surrounded by sharks. Shark cage. Yeah, that was a check. Freaking scary. It was awesome. Take photographs in Africa. That one I got to check off around the same time I got in the shark cage. Both <laughs> happened in Africa. Learn to snowboard. Oh, I didn't know you've done that. I have done it. I'm learning all sorts of new things about you today. I know, right? I wouldn't say I really learned how to snowboard. I, I snowboarded one day and I didn't kill myself. You tried it. You yeah. tried it. Yeah. Uh, this one I think is impressive. Get a job that makes me happy. Check. Nice. That makes me feel good. A lot of people never achieve that goal. This one I love. Be more agreeable. <laughs> yeah. Check. Agreeable. <laughs> I did that. I'm very agreeable now. <laughs> but what's so funny about that is that I would say that people would argue now that I'm too agreeable. Mm. I flipped totally in the other direction. Would you think I'm too agreeable? I don't have enough of my own opinion. I, I don't know if I would go that f I don't know that I would go that far. I think you are definitely a very um, diplomatic person. You're not like, what's the word? opinionated no you, i wouldn't say you're not opinionated you're not um set in your ways i guess that's what i'm thinking you know if somebody suggests something you're happy to go along with someone else's idea but that's not not in a bad way in a sort of like okay sure nope no problem you're game you're up for stuff which is a nice thing in high school you were definitely tougher but was i not agreeable i don't know i'm not going to say you were not agreeable you were just you had a little bit of an attitude that you don't have anymore do you miss that? Um, it was definitely part of who you were, but I think that you're a, a kinder, more well-rounded person now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Can you give an example of what you're thinking about without keeping in mind that my mother listens to this podcast? Well, I just remember when we were doing shows together and maybe there were certain somebody you didn't like and, and you were kind of rude to them. Not Not necessarily a peer, but like someone older, like a... Like, a, not a director, but maybe, like, an assistant director who we didn't like, and you were rude to them, and I just can't see you being like that today. I was actively mean to people. I wouldn't say mean. I would say rude more than mean, or maybe a little bit derisive. But again, nothing bad. You were, you were a nice kid. Yeah. You had a tough side to you. You had this little edge, and you had an edge to you. And I think my, a lot of it might have been put on. Mm. I, I think you were like a softy at heart, but you had this little edge. I mean, you know, we watched Heathers and, you know, <laughs> you kind of thought you were a little bit of a badass for about five minutes, you know? <laughs> Speaking of Heathers, you know, they're doing a TV show what? on Heathers. There's a TV show coming out called Heathers. Oh, I do not want to see that. Yeah. It's based on the show. The movie. Look it up. Thought about you when I saw that. I'm definitely not going to look that up. There's no way. It's true, though. It's, a, it's true. It's another movie that you probably should see, though, if you've never seen any of you listening. It's no less of the Mohicans. <laughs> we were obsessed with that movie. Come on, admit it. With Heathers? Yeah. I mean, you and I could have traded those lines left and right. We did. We often did. And we did. And because this is a clean podcast, we can't say any of those lines. But no. it's true. <laughs> it's true. I think that that quote unquote edge that I used to have that you're referring to was authentic. Okay. I don't think it was put on. And I miss it sometimes, but I think I am <laughs> a better person now. I've gotten past the rage part of me. And now I'm encouraged often by Derek to feel anger. <laughs> He's like, if you're angry, you should feel angry from time to time. 
And I'm just like, oh, no, I don't get angry. Just speak more Italian. You'll, you'll get angrier. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have an easier time getting angry. Easier to be angry in Italian. I was telling Tiffany before we started that a listener wrote in and asked if Tiffany could describe how she's different in a different language. If being able to be fluent in another language could bring out a part of her personality that couldn't have been brought out in her native tongue. And I asked her if there was anything that was true about that. And what was your answer? I said it's easier to get pissed off in Italian, yell at people. <laughs> the language just sort of lends itself nicely to that. But let's save that for another episode because I think we could really explore that. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Let me read you. There's only a couple more check marks here. Meet Jodie Foster. We talked about that one's checked. The other one is join a health club. <laughs> which <laughs> What a lofty goal. It's like, gee, I could do that this afternoon if I really wanted to. <laughs> join. I don't have to show up. It doesn't say show up at a health club. It just says join. <laughs> I must oh, have been, man. like, health-obsessed back then. I mean, you were, like, rail thin anyway. Like, what were you trying to do? You had the best body in the entire school. Ah, well, that's very nice of you. I, I think I was trying to be, like, Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course yeah. I did. And how she was doing all those pull-ups. Yeah, she was super strong. In the one scene, and I thought, that would be sweet. I should be like that. <laughs> <laughs> and now I haven't gotten exercise in three months, so... This is what life does to you, people. Oh, yeah. This is what life does. All of these goals, kind of trite, I would argue. I mean, some are pretty cool. Oh, I think the one about having a job you love, I think that's that's a really <laughs> great goal for anyone. Mm -hmm. That's true. And not everyone can say that they, that they have that. What's interesting about some of these, there's some on here, actually, that I could have checked off, but I haven't yet. There are some on here that I would still want to do. And many that I wouldn't want to do anymore. I even crossed two of them off. One of them being be on a talk show. <laughs> Technically, I actually have done that because I ran a talk show on the radio. But I think that the kind of talk show that the 1994 me was talking about was something I would definitely still not want to do. Well, now, were you thinking Oprah or were you thinking Maury Povich or were you thinking like The View? I know there was no View back in the 90s, but who knows? But I have be in a commercial on here and I still want to do that. That's my retirement plan. <laughs> Good plan. <laughs> I want to be one of those old people that's in the commercials that are kind of funny. They're eating like Twizzlers or they're like having a burger. I think that would be fun. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think we're talking about these goals, but and I don't know if it's because I'm sitting in an echoey room and for you it's really late at night, but I feel like we're very subdued today. Is that possible? The way we're talking? Well, I'm definitely subdued. I am very subdued because my baby is sleeping in the next room. There's a very thin wall between where I'm sitting and where he is. And I don't want to wake him up. <laughs> so that's why I'm talking kind of quietly. I don't know if you're picking up my cue and just following along. <laughs> I must be. Because you're so agreeable. Well, I think because my room is so echoey. The room I'm in, it's like being in, the, in a canyon. <laughs> echoing out into the hallway or something like that it is a bit echoey so we've talked totally about me and these ridiculous goals that i have accomplished because you have your list and i do not have mine i made a list similar to this i was not as young as you i was definitely in college or even maybe grad school it exists. It's in a journal at my mother's house so i can't get my hands on it but i remember some of the things on there remember some of the things that I've, that I have accomplished. And I mean, obviously the clear, obvious one is move to Rome. Right. That's the one we know about. 
Can you remember any that you had on that list that were really tiny, like get your belly button pierced or stop eating so much gum? Um, you know, I have always been someone who sets kind of lofty goals for myself. I mean, maybe not lofty, but you know, things that are challenging. I don't know why I'm like that. I, I think it's kind of dumb to be like that because then you usually don't accomplish all the things that you <laughs> want to. I remember once you said to me, the best thing to do is to, when you make your New Year's resolutions, make sure there's a few of them on there that you can do right away. Yep. And I love that idea. Mine are always like floss every day and I never do it. Like I have the same ones every year and <laughs> floss every day is always like on the top of the list. list. Not that that's some like lofty goal. So maybe I'm contradicting myself. Yeah. I mean, number one, you have to just pick one goal as a New Year's resolution. Yeah. I always pick 10. It's always like daily things that I want to do every single day, but you can never do all of them. It's like, I want to write every day. I want to meditate every day. I want to do yoga every day. I want to go to the gym every day and I want to floss every day. Maybe one of those things will happen, but not all of them. The flossing seems like the one that would be the <laughs> easiest to accomplish. Except Maybe. somehow it isn't. Yeah. You know, besides moving to Rome, I mean, gosh, I'm going to have to stop and think for a second. I remember a lot of things on that list were things that I wanted to try. Like, you know, you said, try snowboarding. I had a lot of things on that list I have not yet accomplished. So we're going to go into that maybe on a future podcast, future goals. But there were a lot of things like try rock climbing. I still want to do that. Oh, here's a kind of small-ish one. I really would like to go horseback riding on a beach. I've always wanted to do that forever. <laughs> That's the romantic in you. It's so romantic, I know. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of a single other goal that I accomplished besides move to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that can't be true. It can't be true, but honestly, that's how it... I think maybe get a master's degree was on there. I think it was getting my master's at the time, so that was kind of a freebie. I don't think there was anything on there about publishing an article in a newspaper definitely become a published writer. I don't know if I had a specific, if I'd said a book or, or what, but definitely I'm published. So if that's on there, then that would be cool. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I'm kind of drawing a blank here. I really wish I had that list. Like there were like 70 or 80 things on it. I know I said like speak five languages fluently. Okay. I'm not there yet. Live in five different countries was on there haven't done that. I've lived in three countries. True. But I think that by moving your life to Rome, you probably realize that moving to a whole nother country is, it's a big deal. So being like, I'm going to just live in five different countries. It's a much bigger deal than you probably suspected having never done it before. Absolutely. Like the thought now of moving to another country, even though I say all the time, oh, I'd love to live in France or whatever. It's absolutely a daunting, daunting idea. Yeah. I'm sorry that I don't have more things that I can list here. I feel like I'm uh, not doing this episode justice. No, it's okay. Well, the next episode, we're going to be... We're going to be talking about the future. Finally getting to those bucket list items. Try to improve my list. <laughs> and, and hopefully, I mean, I'm serious when I tell you, those of you listening, that I want you to send in some of your bucket list items to us because... Right now, the only person who's done it is my sister. Aww. And that just makes my heart swell because I know she loves me so much. But it also makes me think, really? It's just us. It's the three of us. We're the only ones with any goals. 
Yeah, we know you have goals <laughs> so, out there. And you've, you've heard my goals. They are not lofty. They don't have to be lofty goals. Except I do have touch a tiger on here. And that seems like a really bad idea. Well, that's not necessarily true. I think you can go to like Thailand and like pet baby tigers. Still. Can be a baby. Still, probably a bad idea. Mm. There's a lot of things that the undereducated me put on this list that the educated me is like, oh, no. No, you're, you can't do that. That's, that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah. I think touching a tiger is not a bad idea as long as it's in it, like a safe place. Like one of those places in Thailand where they let you hold baby tigers. I don't know what these places are, but I've seen photographs of it, so it must exist. But it, that doesn't make it safe. Here's the thing. I've covered the zoos a lot, and I got to hang out with the grizzly bears once. And I even fed one of them a carrot. Oh my gosh, that I would not do. But the grizzly bears, they're still grizzly bears. So like, regardless of whether or not it seems like you're in the same room with them, there are three locked doors between them and you at all times. Just in case you forget to lock one, and then you forget to lock another one. Hopefully, there's at least one that's still locked between the two of you. That's the thing with touching a tiger. I mean, you still want to stick your hand through the bars and pet the bear's head. I mean, it is a wild animal. It just happens to live in the zoo. I mean, look at what happened to Siegfried and Roy. What happened to Siegfried and Roy? Well, they were tiger performers in Las Vegas. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I know who they are. And they did it for years. Like, they had these friendly tigers, and one day, one of the tigers just attacked. Who knows why? Did one of them die? I don't think he died. But that was the end of the Tiger Act. Oh my gosh. I'm so out of the loop. I didn't even know this story. Well, this happened a long time ago. You could have known about it and forgotten about it by now. Possible. I mean, it's not like it was a, a major thing. But Or like, what's another one on here that is a bad idea? Oh, this one I'm almost embarrassed about. Live on a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> Live on a reservation? <laughs> What was I thinking? Well, you were young and you were obsessed with Native Americans. Come on, it's not a bad thing. As an educated adult who knows a thing about poverty and injustice, you read that now and you're like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I miss the me that just thought everything was great in the world. Yeah, I mean, that one's ridiculous. I have one that maybe I I did accomplish. I kind of accomplished it. Okay. I had on there, I remember on my list was go bungee jumping. Ooh, I didn't technically do it, but I did something similar to it, which I call it bungee flicking (laughs) or bungee. What was it? I had a name for it. I think it was bungee flicking. Flinging. That's it. Bungee flinging. That's it. Flicking is not right. (laughs) So I don't know if any of you have ever seen this. Two giant metal structures like going really high in the air, several stories high. I don't know, three, five stories high. And on the top of them, they have bungees attached and they pull them down. You start on the ground. So instead of like diving off of a cliff or something, which I I don't think I could ever bring myself to do, I don't have quite that much courage. They attach you to these, um, you know, you get in this harness thing and they attach you to these bungee cords and then they they basically fling you, (laughs) they like let you go, shoot into the air. So I was in Bulgaria, (laughs) of all places, and I was walking down the boardwalk because I was at this like beach resort on the Black Sea with some friends and I see this woman doing this thing and she's bouncing up into the air and she's like doing these somersaults in the air and it looks like this amazing weightless 
practically flying type of experience. I'm like, oh my God, I've got to do that. I've got to do that. I've got to do that. My friends are like, that looks really dangerous. I'm like, no, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Look how amazing this woman is having so much fun. So I get on there and I run up and I may have had a drink or two. I don't know, but it was really late at night and it was the middle of summer and they attached me to this thing and asked me how much I weigh and they lift me up just a couple feet off of the ground. The guy's like, okay, put your head down so your chin is touching your chest and keep your head there on the way up, but then don't worry about it after that. For some reason, the way he said this to me, and it was, he didn't say it in any scary way, but all of a sudden it freaked me out. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe this is dangerous. Like maybe something could go wrong. And I turned to him and I'm like, wait a second, I don't think I want to, you know, but before I got to the end of the sentence, let go <laughs> or whatever not like that he was holding on to it but whatever it was had flung me up so I'm like going up right being pulled up by these bungees being pulled up really I mean I don't know how many feet it was but it was really high it was like you know the people on the ground looked like bugs basically and I get to like the very top you know that moment of weightlessness if you throw a ball in the air there's a moment when it's just weightless in the air and it's not moving I basically got to that moment. Up until that moment, I felt the pull of the bungees pulling me upward. And so for some reason, that wasn't that scary. But as soon as I got to the top and I felt nothing, and of course, I couldn't feel these bungees holding, pulling on me anymore. It just felt like I was in the air and that was it. And as much as I knew that these things were attached to me, it didn't feel like that. And I just like had this moment and it felt like, you know, five <laughs> minutes, of course. And it must have been like half a second. And I just <laughs> flipped out. And I started screaming my head off. And then, of course, I started to fall. And I literally thought I was going to die. Like, literally. <laughs> yes. And it's not true what they say, that the fear will kill you before you die. You know, or the fall will kill you. Because, thankfully, it doesn't. Because otherwise, I, you know, I would have died. Because <laughs> I was convinced moving my arms and legs like a crazy person. Yeah, like trying to catch the air somehow or something. Like yeah, that. exactly. I was like just doing this automatic. In fact, it's funny. It's like exactly the same thing that Aurelio does when I lift him up in the air. He like kicks his leg. I was doing that. I'm falling and falling. The ground is coming towards me, you know, like in a film or something. And I obviously, you know, thank the Lord, everything worked fine and I didn't hit the ground. As soon as I felt the pull of the bungees as I got lower, I wasn't that afraid anymore. But as soon as it flung me up again the second time, I hadn't learned. I didn't think like, okay, this isn't going to kill me. I was like, no, again, I was convinced I was going to die. And I started screaming again. My friends were on the ground laughing their asses off. <laughs> That'll teach you. Oh, my God. It was the scariest thing I've ever done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So knowing that, I now know I will never go bungee jumping. Yeah. I will probably never go parachuting, although I would, I really like want to do it. I want to dive out of an airplane. Why? Because I think it would be an amazing experience once the chute is open. I have it here too on my list from 1994 skydive skydiving exactly it has a slash mark next to it so i don't know if i was planning on writing something else next to it it's like skydive slash bungee jump who knows i don't really want to do that anymore well i think that if i could do it with someone who was you know how you have to go like the first few times you have to go with someone yeah you, know, you have to be attached to someone right i think that if i did it attached to someone i wouldn't be that afraid because I would feel like the security of that other person there. Well, at least you'd jump out of the plane. Right. Just jump out of the plane by yourself. 
that would be the part that you would have. Oh, I don't think I could do it. An impossible time. Yeah. I don't really know how people do that. I've jumped off of a cliff that was 40 feet up uh-huh. in the air into water, probably in one of those phases where you just think other people have done it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but it took me like hours to do it. And there were a whole bunch of people there doing it. So it wasn't like I was watching people get hurt, although one person did get hurt. But I sat on the edge of that cliff forever. It felt like forever, and I wanted to do it so bad, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Finally, an older guy who was there driving the van to take us all back, he said, so, you know, Sewell, are you going to do this? Because we're leaving soon. Well, I want to, but I just, I can't. I just can't bring myself to do it. (laughs) Well, we're doing it right now. And he grabbed my hand, and he backed me up way back from the edge of the cliff and he's like on the count of three start running the scariest thing because you just do and then you can see the cliff edge getting closer and closer and then you just see your feet leap off of it 40 feet is enough time that you have time to think <laughs> as you fall <laughs> and you're just like oh my gosh i gotta point my toes when i hit the water it's all those things that you think of yeah it was the scariest thing i ever did now that said i was like wow, that was amazing. Let's do that again. And ran up and jumped off one more time. Oh, did you? Yeah, but it was like that first that first time. Yeah, you just can't bring yourself to do it. I mean, that's a human instinct. It's a good thing that we don't actively feel like throwing ourselves off of stuff most of the time. Anyway, yeah, it's bad for us <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. So. What I can't get, and I mean, I don't want to go too far off subject, but what absolutely blows my mind are the people who do base jumping oh yeah now that is insane i mean it's one thing to jump out of an airplane knowing that you've got a parachute knowing you're with people who do this every day all day if you jump out of an airplane you're not going to accidentally crash against the side of a building there's nothing there there's nothing to hit so unless there's like an actual malfunction of your parachute which is very rare right you're gonna be fine But the base jumping where they like jump off the side of a cliff or the side of a building, that, I don't know how people could do that. Yeah, I knew a guy at once that was a base jumper. Took me out on a date once. I didn't know it was going to be a date, but it was. (laughs) (laughs) That aside, that aside, he and his friends were obsessed with base jumping. And this was not the kind of guy that you would think was a base jumper. He was also obsessed with having a family. (laughs) Part of the reason why no second date for us. He told me a story. They actually had been base jumping and a friend of theirs parachute hadn't opened and he had died. (gasps) Oh my God. And they still did it. And they were out in the middle of nowhere. And so they had spent three days carrying their friend out. Oh my God. And after that happened, they swore off base jumping for good. All of them said, we'll never do that again. Six months later, they were doing it. Yep. My God. They can't not do it. And that is a totally different personality type than me. And I would not even say that I'm not an adrenaline junkie because I I wouldn't say I'm a junkie. I do like adrenaline though. And I've done some really interesting things. I usually do them in the course of doing radio. Such as? I've been in a race car with a person driving 200 miles an hour and had them fishtail the car. It was pretty fun, actually. And (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish I hadn't drank a soda right before I got in the car. (laughs) That's a lot of carbonation. Um, But I'm not uh, opposed to doing things like that. But the mentality of 
needing adrenaline like that all the time. It's not me. Well, I think it's just like anything. If you if you do it too much, you get addicted to it. Maybe. Maybe we should get a base jumper on this show and we'll talk to him about it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I was just going to say before we finish, I did a post on my blog a couple of years ago, which we can link to on the page. And it's called my Rome bucket list. And it was all the things that I want to do in Rome. Because mm. there's a lot of places in Rome that are, you know, difficult. They're kind of hard to, hard to see. They're close to the public. Things like that. Some of them are, are normal things that I just haven't done. One of them we did together. We went to the little villa of Villa Pomfili, the little palace, the casino, yeah. which was awesome. Which it is was. something that is so rare because it's almost never open. If you're visiting Rome and you want to do some kind of odd things, or if you live in Rome and you've seen all the regular things, you can check out that post. And that was very fun to write. I think it's fun to have like themed bucket lists as well. Yeah, things that you want to do in your own city that you've never done. That's not a bad idea. It's really not a bad idea. There's a lot of people on Twitter who write travel bucket lists, just specifically travel things that they want to do, places that they want to go and things they want to see. People have some really great ideas, get a lot of travel inspiration by reading those. I wish I had more of my uh, my list to share. I'm sorry that I don't have it. When we do goals part three and we talk about bucket list items and hopefully are sharing some of yours, listeners who have sent them in, we can mostly focus on you and what you want to do. Sounds good. Because you always think big <laughs> and I think small. And so Tiffany, you know all of our handles. Can you tell people how they can send us their bucket list stuff? Yes, you can tweet us at at bittersweet pod or you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash bittersweet life podcast or you can email us at bittersweet life at mail.com m-a-i-l exactly like the mailbox yeah send us your thoughts and uh, we want to hear them and i will also share some of my sister's future goals too if she's the only one and she better not be the only one i will get claudio's too Oh, good. Okay. I will get Claudia's. Okay. Maybe even Aurelio has some. You never know. Yeah, I mean, he just wants to be able to walk. Yeah, that's point. his. That's his next goal. I mean, he 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 totally nailed crawling. He's pro at crawling. So next next up is walk. I'm trying to get him to drink from a bottle. He's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> that's on your bucket list. You're like, but he's already eaten more types of fruit and vegetables than some people eat in a lifetime really well he's eaten things that my mother-in-law has never eaten <laughs> mango for example and avocado oh very nice they don't really go in for the tropical fruits over here so all right well we should leave it there because we're going long otherwise i would tell you another story oh tell it tell it you can cut something out that we already said no 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 fine i'll tell one more story because you can't do that right <laughs> well maybe i can we'll judge based on whether or not this is an interesting story okay so one of the things that is on my list here, my old list, is see Ed Yunker again. Now, Ed Yunker is not a person you would probably know, but he was the king in The King and I, which was the first play that I ever did. I was a second grader, and then I never saw him again. He meant a lot to me. I wrote him a letter at one point. I finally did get to see him again, because he came through Seattle on his way to an Alaskan cruise, and he invited me to come join him and his Navy buddies who were all going on the cruise together at some hotel in the middle of nowhere. And I went and said hello. A couple of years ago, I went back to Brainerd, Brainerd, Minnesota, which is where I was a kid. And now that Ed, Yunker, and I are in touch, we decided that we were going to spend 
the entire day together. Nice Minnesotan lunch. We took a drive in his Corvette. He took me out to the town of Crosby, which is where he grew up as a kid. And then he took me to a theater performance that night. The thing that was so remarkable about it was when I was sitting in the back seat of the Corvette, driving along, wind in my hair, I had my eyes closed, and I was thinking, I am in the car with Ed Yunker, the person I thought that I would never, ever see again for the rest of my life, and in all practicality, never would have seen again. He was an adult. I was a kid. You just don't make those connections. And I had this thought that was so distinct that just thought, we can do anything in life that we want. People can be found, and experiences like this can happen. At the time, it just felt so relevatory. This is my life. I'm hanging out with Ed Yunker. I'm in the backseat of his Corvette. Why not? There's no reason that you have to let people go. If you want to do something, there's no excuses anymore. Not anymore. Unless you're stalking them. Then you need to stop doing right, that. Then you need to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> if both parties find it mutually agreeable to be in touch. <laughs> then you can do it. <laughs> Thank you for that grimness. Though. That's a good reality check for me, Tiffany. <laughs> well, right. I think we should leave it there. We should definitely leave it there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Send us your bucket list items, please. Sit it down and do it right now. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for all the ways you support us. Give us a good rating on iTunes, maybe five stars if you like the show. It will help other people discover that we exist. Thank you. You're the best. <laughs>